rather than music being meant for to calm the mind or the body, this is music to calm the soul. Hey, Groovaholics. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rochester Groovecast. Ben here. I had a great conversation with Marty LaFasso and Katie Halligan of Rochester's Tart Vandalay. The dynamic duo reflected on their songwriting process, the emotion behind their lyrics, some of their personal influences, and plenty of great insight on their journey. They impressed me with their maturity and dedication to music while simultaneously creating a healthy relationship with one another. We also will hear three live tracks that the duo played right here in my living room for the podcast. And wow, they really are incredible. I, I really hope you enjoy this one. Please check out the show notes and keep up to date on this great band, Tart Vandalay. Hey, let's get started.
Thank you. Awesome. I am here with Tart Vandalay. Hi. We've got Katie and Marty. Um, is it just you two? You you two are the band. Well, originally uh, it is. We're we're the main band, and then we we do have a bass player and a drummer that play with us sometimes. Um, right now, because they both are outside of Rochester, the okay. full band is on a temporary couple month hiatus. Um, but uh, yeah, they uh, we started working together. Really started gigging out. Um, in August of 2015, and they came into the picture in May of 2015. And actually, okay. our first gig with them was August of 2016, so it was yeah. pretty much a full year with the duo gigging before we started the uh, the full band gigging as well. Awesome, awesome, and obviously you guys sound great. As is, what what was that song you just played for me? That song was called High Life. High Life. Yes. Oh, it's the I like the stripped down version. Uh, so live, you use yeah. a lot of loop tracks and yes. everything. Yeah, we have a couple of different ver different versions of that one, luckily, and um, we actually we put the looper version that you've heard live, uh, where Katie loops her vocals. That's on our our EP Frontier Pioneer, which we put out in September of 2016, and um, the stripped down version we just played was the original. Yes. And uh, that one uh, is going to be on our full length when we eventually record and release it. So is that how you generally write? Do you start acoustic strip down and then go from there? Or what's your process? So normally, um, with most of our songs, Marty will actually come up with a majority of like the skeletal structure and the guitar part of the song. Um, and then he'll bring it to me and... You know, I'll think of what images the music um, brings to my mind, and I'll try to base some sort of lyric idea off of that. Make sure he's cool with, you know, what I'm going for, and then I'll sort of connect all the dots and finish, you know, finish the song. Um, yeah, that's how we normally do that. Yeah, we have, so we have a couple different ways, too. I mean, some of the songs that feature the looped vocals are really just Katie. Uh, from scratch, not even with any guitar part to start. Um, you know, she'll have some kind of lyrical idea or catch something from something she's reading and just get a song seed from that. And, uh, you know, oftentimes she's writing on the looper uh, as opposed to me writing on guitar. And then since she's also a a ukuleleist? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Since she also <laughs> plays ukulele. Yeah, it's, how do you... She's got a few different songs that she started on the ukulele, too. Um, oh. So we try to... I think that me, me starting on guitar and then giving it to her to finish vocals is uh, the main way. Probably, like, close to 50%, if not more, of our music is written that way. But I think we try to balance it out, you know, at least 60-40 with just songs that take shape in other ways so that it's not all coming from the same place. Awesome. So how do you how do you capture each other's mood then if you know yeah. if you're starting with a guitar, a guitar or a chord progression and then Katie picks up and writes lyrics to it, do you do you try to get in like the mindset that Marty was in when he wrote it? I do. Yeah, I try to just like I mean, I try to just see how the music makes me feel most naturally and then you know I'll come up with a lyric idea and I'll check with Marty and be like you know 
do you agree that this is sort of like a picture we can put to this, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if he says yes, then we'll go with it. And if no, I'll go back to the drawing board and find another way to, you know, make it relatable. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's nice because sometimes how, sometimes the lyrical idea that she'll get from uh, the guitar can sort of reinform the guitar part on the back end. Like we have a song called Alien. Um, that's actually on our, our EP too, Frontier Pioneer. And it, I, I eventually retooled the guitar part a little bit to make it, to try and simulate like outer space noises or alien ship noises based on the lyrical idea that she came up with. Um, so I think a lot of times, you know, when we try to keep it, keep it separate in terms of like, I, I won't necessarily give her an idea or a mood when I give her the guitar part. I'll just give her the guitar part and see how it makes her feel. And then maybe, you know, maybe we'll get together after that and discuss where she thinks she wants to go with it. But, you know, maybe I'll have a couple ideas. I'm trying to think of one that There's one song we have that's just just recently finished, so we're not performing it yet. But I remember, you know, it was it's called High and Mighty, and there was things about it like uh, we changed the lyrical perspective from first person to third person. So like little things like that can be suggestions that I can make once she's got a lyrical idea, but maybe doesn't quite know where to uh, to go with it. And I think in terms of like what you said, like. Uh, trying to capture each other's moods I think we actually what I notice at least about collaborating with Kate is that a lot of times I can't come up with the full picture but I can come up with certain parts and it's almost there or partially there and whatever she adds just ends up completing it from you know just the right way adding the right thing that I was somehow envisioning in my head but couldn't make materialize so at least in our case I think there just happens to be a really nice natural compliment mm-hmm. in terms of uh, in terms of what we're each offering when we're collaborating so that it doesn't get to be because I can imagine sort of the back of the other side of that like well you know it make this makes me feel like this and the other person says no I feel this way about mm-hmm. it you know so Luckily, we really don't run into that. We're usually on the same page about that kind of stuff. Do you guys ever cook together? Yes, because we that, cooking very much th- That's what this is reminding me of. You know, one person's starting up the pot, and then you're tossing in different ingredients. Um, I'm usually the sous chef. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. My, my roommate here, Martin's actually a sous chef, so... Yeah. <laughs> Martin's in the background. We're 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 in my living room. We're not in a studio here, so keeping it real. We we got the, we got roommates. We got we got Mr. Kid a cat. Yeah, he's a cute little guy. Nice chill atmosphere here. Yes, very much so. That's great. Um, I I feel like we have to address the name. Okay. Um, <laughs> Because it's an assumption, but um, I'm assuming it's coming from Seinfeld. Yes. Correct. Um, Correct assumption. George Costanza. Yeah. Just to repeat, the, these guys are Tart Vandalay, and um, Art Vandalay it, is it's like George's alter ego. Yeah. Exactly. How would you put that? Does 
do you have like a favorite Costanza moment? Um, I know at one point he pretended to be a marine biologist. Yeah. My favorite moment is when he gets a wig um, and he breaks <laughs> up with a woman that he went on a blind date with who is actually bald herself. And he, you know, he's got his own wig. He's all high and mighty, and he breaks up with this. Yep, he rejects a bald girl, and Elaine throws it out the window because he's acting like a jerk now that he has it. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Favorite Costanza moment. There's so many that come to mind. Yeah. Uh, I really like the marine biologist. <laughs> I also really like when he flies out of town to try and zing the guy. And, uh, you know, he can only think of his comebacks like, after it's way, way too late. But he's, he's trying to do the jerk, <laughs> it's the jerk store line. And the guy says, uh, you know, you're, leave, some ocean, leave some shrimp for the ocean or something like that. And he says, the jerk store called, they're running out of you. I don't know, I'm getting it wrong now because I'm <laughs> thinking too hard about it. But I think that name, it's funny, I was thinking about that earlier because that's a, that's a collaboration too. Because mm-hmm. I thought that I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Okay. And like growing up, my dad watched it, so I was kind of raised on it. And I always liked the name Art Vandalay for a band, and Kate suggested Tart. So even the name is a collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny. But yeah, we get a lot. We get a lot of compliments on that name. I'm not gonna it's lie. It's got No, it's it, it. I like it. I like it. Thank you. If I were to have a alter ego, Art Vandalay, yeah. and then the Tart, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say clown i don't think that's their description but it sounds like you're an entertainer of some sort when you say hey i'm tart and (laughs) i like the change up there yeah well i think that just any name with a pun yeah uh, we have we like to have fun you know yeah with some other like harmonica lewinsky is a great Mm -hmm. that's a great play on words and uh i think one of my other favorite band names at least the people in town is uh John Valenti's Passive Aggressives Anonymous. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, anything, yeah, for me, that's the best kind of band name is a play on words. You know? Something fun, punny. Yeah. yeah. Something punny. And it's a lot of fun to be able to say TV shows when we talk about our live shows. Yeah, That, that worked out well. We didn't even think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Inception level play on words gets this. Deeper. This idea <laughs> never came to fruition, but... I was at a music festival, a grassroots festival of music and dance, mm-hmm. and me and a couple of my friends, we were just kidding around. We were saying, we, we dem boys. Like, and we're just like saying, we dem boys. And we weren't even like having conversation. We were just going, we dem boys, we dem boys. <laughs> and I, I came up with a band name called the Weetum Boys. Nice. Like Weetum, like, yeah. like W-H-E-A-T-O. M or N, something like that. Yeah. And it's it's Weeda Boys, but <laughs> it's what it's it's the Weeda Boys. How did you guys meet? Um, in in many ways, um, but most directly, we were both actually music students at uh, Monroe Community College here in Rochester, mm-hmm. and we actually just sort of bumped into each other in the hallway, and we're like, hey, you know. Um, <laughs> <Sorry>. But then. <laughs> And her but, sister was dating my best friend, yes, so we knew so who each other we were. Yes, so we knew who each other were. Um, and then come to find out our parents, actually, our respective parents used to go to high school way, way back. So yeah, our families, you know, are from the same town. And yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You, were you a similar major? Do you have any class together? Or? Yeah, we had a couple classes together. We were both music majors. I was vocal performance, and he was guitar performance. Um 
And then we both graduated Monroe Community College and transferred to a couple other schools. Um, yeah, first we went to Fredonia and then um, Berkeley and Boston. Both of you together? Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And we, it was when we were in Berkeley uh, that we started like working together and making music together. Sure. We had tried it when we were at Fredonia, but, you know, like in, in keeping with talking about the... Um, the process we didn't have the assembly line process at first when we first tried it in Fredonia we were just kind of face to face and trying mm -hmm. to jam and just like it didn't work we both we just don't work that way individually you know um, yeah so when we were in Boston and going to Berkeley we started like I just wrote a bunch of stuff and then it was just like here write lyrics to this and that's how we started working together so it's nice that it took a while because um you know, I don't know. We definitely made sure that the personal stuff had a good foundation before coupling it with the professional, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's gone a long way to, you know, being able to find success with the professional endeavors together and not really have personal stuff color the mix too much. That sounds like a great balance. So, yeah. It seems like you guys do work, work together well. Yeah. Um, you know, I had this thought earlier and I want to bring it up. What's interesting about, let's say you write a chord progression, Marty, and then pass it along um, without expressing what the emotion is or what you would like her to write. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like if you were to be like, hey, this is a sad song about this, it would completely like fub up the writing process because it's kind of like creating its own prophecy that, yeah. and so I, I like that organic take on things that um, you're looking at it objectively. I mean, I'm sure you can look at each other and kind of sort of know what they're getting at, <laughs> yeah. but it's still pretty objective. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, it, especially with artistic or creative work and you're, totally involved in something that you're creating from scratch, you have to be careful uh, not to let the ego get too involved. And, you know, I think that just having, having the trust to be able to be like, yeah, I'm just going to give this to you and whatever you do with it is what you do with it. I'm not going to like set any, you know, barriers on the outcome. And similarly, with her, I mean, if she writes a looper song and then I have to add a guitar part to it, you know, usually it's not supremely dictated on her end, but she trusts that I'll come up with something that complements the music. And I think it's nice that, like I said, we, we let the personal stuff get a foundation before we did anything professional, really. And then in doing that, it's been easy to have the professional without the personal coloring it. But on top of that, I mean, there has to be a lot of trust in the personal relationship and there has to be a lot of trust in the professional relationship. And it's interesting to see the two kind of going hand in hand without, I mean, again, knock on wood, but it feels like we can have the positive aspects of that without too much negative. There's not too much ego that gets involved in terms of like one of us feeling too controlling over the product. I mean... Now that's just between the two of us. Mm -hmm. There's not a third person that gets to come in. So there still is a little bit of ego and a little bit of sure, control sure. there. But 
that's because we're united in our vision. And, you know, somebody else wouldn't necessarily be as united as us in that right off the bat. So, yeah. Sorry if I'm doing all the talking. No, no. no. no it, it, You're right. You're absolutely that, right. That's always got to be a, a strong thing to have because um, you can't do everything alone. You always need help from someone somewhere. But to have a partner in the journey's got to really make it easier, um, especially when you guys are on the same path. You're not like butting heads or that. That was that's what would make it tough. But it sounds like you guys have found that ground where you can really work well together. So it's awesome. Yeah, well, it was trial and error. Sure, it definitely didn't work the first time. But what, what happened? Well, we, that was in, when we were going to Fredonia. I think right now our writing style is probably more like Jagger Richards, basically, in that Keith Richards usually writes guitar parts and then passes it along to Mick Jagger. And we studied a lot of different songwriting teams, so we were able to kind of land on that eventually. But our first attempt was just Lennon-McCartney face-to-face mm-hmm. -face in the room, like, okay, what's the next word going to be? What's the next chord going to be? And that didn't end well. They're definitely. Well, it just doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> yeah, that definitely was kind of like, I don't know. We weren't that upset at each other, but we were smart enough, I think, to just be like, okay. That's not going to work. That's just not going to work. <laughs> and if we really do want to have any kind of personal relationship, let's just leave that alone for a while. <laughs> it, seems to, I, it seems like anytime you're trying to develop a really good idea, there's a lot of trial and error. And if you're doing it alone, you can criticize yourself. But if you're trying to go word by word, I don't know how Lennon McCartney did it. Um, because let's say you want to use the, and I want to use something different. I don't know. Yeah, but and, you're right. And it's like, no, the's not good. <laughs> every, every single detail is up for debate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because there's so many... I mean, there's songwriting teams, like a lot of pop, you know, mainstream uh, yeah. pop music is written by anywhere from five to ten people in the room. I don't even, I mean, I guess maybe they're less personally invested in what they're sure. creating because, and I'm not trying to knock it or anything, but it's just a different thing. But I don't know. I, there's no way I could write with that many people. I, mm -hmm. I would go, it's like you said. Too many cooks can spoil the broth. Ah, bring it back. There we go. See, I, I don't know much about this, but my assumption is they look at it as a science. Yeah. And so they're pretty much all on the same page because they're looking at buzzwords. They're looking at, like, catchy melody. They're actually looking at... Formulas of how songs go, like, you know. Yeah, they've got a formula. Now. So yeah. let's say there's 10 people in the room. There's that guy. You're not sticking to the formula. <laughs> but, um, yeah, for you guys, you're probably not looking to write top 40 pop songs. I don't know. What is your vision? Do you have anything specific in mind? I mean, I, I, would, I think that what I've learned about just business in general mm -hmm. is that you've always got to leave open the possibility of it going as high as it could possibly go. Sure. Because it seems like usually people in business are either, I'm going to quote Tommy Boy now, but so I guess that's where I learned all my business stuff. But, I mean, businesses really are either growing or dying. Like stagnation or, mm -hmm. you know, keeping at the same level doesn't really happen in business. So 
eventually I could envision it going as far as it could, but to the point where we were, you know, I don't know, top 40 or something like that. But I think that we would be happy to be on an indie label and just be able to tour and record full time. You really have your you own know? voice, yeah. uh, I mean, on an indie label rather than... Yeah. Yeah. We Something don't. sustainable over a long period of time that continues to grow. Yeah. Slow growth. Mm-hmm. A lot of bands that, you know, think, I mean, things have to happen quickly sometimes, I guess, but <coughs> I'd be worried about having too much happen too fast. Sure. You know what I mean? How do you adapt or change to that? How do you maintain that level? You don't. <laughs> Usually people don't. Some, some bands can fake it till they make it. Um, Ramones are an example. They did not know how to play their instruments and... Um, I don't tell the story great, but one day one of the fans was like, wow, you guys are really good. Like, I really know it. They're like, wow, so we got one fan, but they really didn't know what they were doing. Um, And they sort of, they just found music that they liked that they didn't hear in America much and faked it until they, and that doesn't happen often. Um, More often, bands have to be ready. You know, you put in the time and effort, it's gradual. And then let's say you do have a big break, you're ready. It doesn't catch you off guard. You don't, yeah. and that sounds like what you're looking for. You want to be sustainable. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm willing to put in the work for it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's best case scenario. The reality is that we have very little control and absolutely zero knowledge of what's going to happen. Sure. So you know, we can really only take it day by. I think that you know, it, it really. One thing I've learned about being self-employed through this is just just to do, you know, a certain minimum every day. Because you can drive yourself crazy thinking, oh my God, that I can always be doing more, there's always more, you know what I mean? You need to sleep and eat. You need to do those things in order to be successful at whatever <clears throat> you're trying to do. And you see so many creative people that just don't sleep or eat act like that's the sacrifice that they have to make I mean maybe you know maybe at some point we will but we don't have to right now we don't we can still sleep and eat and have day jobs and get our music work done so we just try to do a little bit every day and just make sure that you know as long as we do something every day we're making sure that we're um keeping it alive, I guess. Yeah. So you're, you're looking at the process. You, you got to sleep, you got to eat, you got to take care of yourself, but as long as you do something, you know, you're moving towards that direction. Exactly. Yeah, a little bit every day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, coming from just working in jobs or going to school, it's kind of like when the work is done, mm-hmm. it's time to relax. And... It's been interesting to find the balance between, you know, being my own motivator or being our own motivators and, uh, and getting at least something done every day, but making sure that we leave a little bit of time, too, to keep our sanity. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's an interesting balance to find. Do you want to play another song? Play another song. Sure, yeah. Okay. Which one do you want to do? Let's do a song called Not Alone. Ooh, 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 
So what was the name of that song again? I know you guys just told me. But. That's okay. That song was called Not Alone. Not Alone. Yes. And what was the inspiration behind that? I mean, it was obviously very um, warm and hopeful lyrics. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, it's funny. This song actually, uh, I, I, we started off like not with any idea really in mind. It sort of just ended up this way. Um, it ended up just being a song of, of solidarity for anyone out there who feels like they're the only one who's going through, you know, the situation. It's like sort of supposed to be kind of a lullaby to, I don't know, calm myself and like anyone mm -hmm. else listening to it. Um, yeah. And it just ended up being like a song of solidarity. Um, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it's, I, I love the, it's infused with hope. It's, it's infused with emotion. Um, I was gonna quote a couple of the lines, but my brain's all scattered now <laughs> thinking about it all. There's a lot to take in there. Um, do you have a favorite line from that song? Um, actually, just the part at the end, um, it's sort of, I think the section at the end was the first part of it that I finished the lyrics for, and it's these four lines um, that are supposed to be sort of generic, but supposed to fit any situation. So mm -hmm. like, you know, if you feel upset, if you fall behind, um, feeling low and when the end is near so which that one was like yeah a little heavy but um, those are my four favorite lines in the song because they're just I don't know I think it's something that anyone can meditate on to comfort themselves mm -hmm. in a time like that it's transcendent I can imagine when the end is near it could just be the end of a show or exactly. the uh, it could be many of things that that you can relate to it doesn't have to be this deathly sad exactly. thing it's just like I, I this is such a beautiful moment i don't want it to end well the end is near yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so we like to keep it open for interpretation like that definitely i mean i think i um i, I often think about lyrics in terms of whether or not it's uh, like examining life or looking to define life and I think that we have uh, lyrically we would uh, tend to be a lot more just examining life like mm -hmm. asking questions and trying to leave it open-ended um, you know I, I just I feel like that way it's just that much more um, I can't think of a word right now it's that much more transmutable to like each person's situation basically mm -hmm. like anybody can step in and feel like it applies to them um you know i, I i'm not knocking zach brown band they're all awesome but this in this discussion what i think about lyrically is i think about the song chicken fry okay. and how you know the chorus is all about chicken and beer and jeans and fridays and again, I'm, there are awesomely talented musicians. A lot of people like that song. I'm not saying it's a bad song, but just for me, lyrically, I want more than somebody telling me what my life experience is. Okay. I would rather them question their own life experience, and in doing so, I can maybe find some common ground that you know I can attach to, just because I'm 
from somewhere else other than Zach Brown, I personally am not going to attach that much to the lyrics in that song because it's not really representative of my own experience. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is just give people, I think, lyrics that allow them to feel like it's about themselves because it's that open-ended. You know, I feel bad bringing all that up because I'm not trying to be... I I understand. I mean, I think it's... Just an example. I don't know if it's Toby Keith. I don't think it is, but there's a song that goes, Red Solo Cup. Yeah. You fill me up, let's have a party, I think it is. And it's, it's, I mean, I'd party to it, but it it is very... um, It's not existential. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, think about, like, we were talking Beatles, Lennon McCartney. um, When... When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me whispering words of wisdom, let it be. That Anybody can relate to that. It stands the test of time. Totally. Rather than, but at the same time, I do like when music can specifically represent an era. Yeah. Um, but when you write music that stands the test of time, or that it, it looks like that's what you're kind of going for, that to be able to transcend into different yeah, lifestyles and generations. Yes, and <laughs> I'm glad that it comes through a little bit. Yeah. I mean, well, sure. And that's the idea, I think, is still keeping with, like, examining the experience of life. I mean, that's something that's timeless. Mm-hmm. Every human being that's ever been that conscious, conscious and aware has examined the experience of life. I mean, now in 2017, we do it through cell phones, and whatever you know the specifics of our life experience are different but human beings are always going to be human beings so the hope is that you know i think if it's a universal language the hope is that you're tapping into something that everybody can understand Mm -hmm. if you're looking truthfully and honestly looking within yourself and examining your own life experience if the music's supposed to be universal, then everybody should be able to relate to that. And yeah, that does, I feel, transcend the moment and hopefully extend to some timelessness. Good stuff. Um, so I, I stole this question from one of my favorite podcasters, Tim Ferriss. Nice. But he likes to ask his guests um, if you could just have a billboard. Um, Location, I guess, is up to you. Um, Quantity is up to you. But what would the billboard say? Um, is there a song lyric? Is there just a general philosophy that you believe in? Is Maybe there isn't even words on it, and there's just an image. Uh, if you had a billboard, what would you put on that um, well, billboard? Well, I had thought about uh, one of our, like, our, sort of like our band motto, shall we say, um, which we like to say... Uh, and forgive me if I say it wrong, Marty, but oh, something we try to say that our music me. is um, rather than music being meant for to calm the mind or the body, this is music to calm the soul. Um, and so that's sort of like our motto, our band motto. And then we'd have like a picture of us or maybe like some nature or something. I don't know. I'd like to put, I mean, I would put some lyrics from the last song we played, I'm Not Alone. That'd be a nice, happy message, I think, to give people as uh, they're driving to wherever they're going. Something to think about in the car. (laughs) If you hate your job, you're not alone. I I laugh. I don't know if you guys have seen on 490, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody, but um, the billboard says, I, 
I forget the, well, we'll leave out the, the brand anyways, but it says meditate now. Oh yeah. yeah. And I'm just very afraid that, that I might crash my car. I might, like maybe I'll pull the car over and, um, but yeah, so. You get scared about somebody that takes advice very, very literally. <laughs> yes, they yes. Start meditating in the middle of the highway. Or you, the billboard says you're not alone, and you're looking around the car. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going. Oh, oh my God, who's here? So yeah. That reminds me. There's like uh, in Buffalo. There's buff like fake buffalo along some of the highways. Oh, cool. And I think I heard a story that someone actually crashed their like car. Like thought, thought it was real. real. Because they <laughs> thought it was real and they freaked out. Yeah. So you, it's not, you Can't know. Can't be too careful with that stuff. It's definitely not yeah. out of the realm of possibility that somebody would cause <laughs> something you, Were you guys around that? when there was the, the horses in Rochester? I, I, f- I forget those. what the cause was, but all over Rochester were just multicolored themed yeah. horses and forget the charity or if there's multiple ones but they were selling them for a lot of money and the proceeds were going to charity mm-hmm. and I just remember I was like young back then and I just would see the horses everywhere oh, multicolored the statued horses yeah mm-hmm. there's still like one or two that you'll find still on the highway here and there yeah. If you hear a lot of background sounds, it's the <laughs> Mr. Kit the Cats kind of going ham over here. But I'm just imagining if you saw like a tie-dye horse and thought it was real. <laughs> that would be, that'd be interesting. Because it's already freaky enough that there might be a loose horse on the side of the highway. <laughs> but the fact that it's tie-dye on top of it, I don't know. You guys from Rochester or born and raised? Born and raised. I'm originally from Honeyhead Falls. Marty's yeah. from Greece. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh, lived here our whole lives, except for the year that we lived in Fredonia and the year that we lived in Boston. So it's home. It's definitely mm-hmm. home, for better or worse. <laughs> you know, it's got its ups and downs. Sure. But uh, weather being the biggest down, usually. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, I think it's been nice to have a band here because it's just uh, I don't want to I mean it is very supportive but it's also that there's a lot of things going on here too Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of opportunities and um, you know it's easy to find community I love it I think it's an it's it's an exciting place to live I it's tough let's say you're a national touring band you might come here and there's not a venue big enough unless they open up you know blue cross or something like that yeah. Blue Cross arena but for smaller bands um there's such a strong scene that you i mean you see bands coming out of all sorts of places from the the east coast all the way to the west and just showing up at some random small venue and getting a round of applause you know yeah we we really cater to that indie, small, kind of getting started scene here in Rochester. I love that. Um, I like the intimacy. I, I like going to big shows, but I kind of just feel lost in the crowd. And sure. I, I like going and maybe knowing the bartender and knowing some other people there. And you talk to the band afterwards. It's cool. Yeah, it's yeah, cool it's here. It's a lot of fun. 
Well, and there's a lot of, you know, speaking to that, I think there's a lot of stories about, like, oh, yeah, you hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I saw such and such band here before they oh, got really big. Like Stripes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, some band that's, like, not even going to come close to Rochester now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's they came here, and it was, like you said, it was kind of a, a, a foothold. You know what I mean? A place to get started for people. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I think that a lot of what, honestly, a lot of what's enticing to us is just the cost of living. Because it's so difficult to be an artist and obviously have to do other work to make ends meet. Sure. You know, yeah. you the more time you have for your art, the better it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that in Rochester we can have cheap cost of living and you know, it makes it easier to be an artist. I agree with that. We, we have it pretty good here, you know. The cost of living is low. It's yeah. New York State. We don't have to get in a economical. But oh, yeah. the cost of living is not great in New York State, but Rochester is really a nice, quiet, humble city, cheap cost of living, a lot of culture. So. Yeah. Well, and again, yeah. I think that with the weather, it actually breeds culture mm. because everybody's indoors. <laughs> Okay. a lot and it's like and that's why we have I think we have great food I've been to so many places that don't have anywhere oh close gosh. to the food selection and our yeah. beer selection like yeah. and music art art music yeah all that kind of stuff we have in, in spades because everybody's inside all the time and you know what are you going to do if not create I guess mm-hmm. you know maybe go on oh. Facebook we're digressing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys want to play one more song Get back on track here. Awesome.
you for being here yes. again, obviously. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, thank you. Katie and Marty from Tart Vandalay. Um, what are you guys excited? What's getting you out of bed in the morning? What's what's up and coming? What's new? Tart Vandalay is what gets us out of bed every uh -huh. morning. Yeah. Um, but certainly recording for the full length is, is the biggest thing coming up. Um, we're going to be bringing the full band out of town in the spring, so we're excited about that. We're also filming our first music video. Filming our first music cool. video cool. for our song, Spin. So we are excited about... Katie does, uh, did most of the designing and yeah, uh, most of the planning for that. it's going to be a really fun experience. Um, so yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Thank I'm you. looking forward to Thanks. hearing and seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the music video should be out in May. Hopefully, yeah, sometime in May. The music video will be out in May. So, uh, yeah. And the album, hopefully, will be out probably, like, fall, maybe September or October. We put our EP, Frontier Pioneer, out in September of 2016. Yes, and that you can stream for free at tartvandalay.com. Um, you can also find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, you know. iTunes. iTunes. Bandcamp. Bandcamp, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please follow us and, you know, we're all over the place. So we love to interact. And, um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Tart Vandalay. Yes, it, Tart Vandalay.com. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know how it's spelled. T-A-R-T-V-A-N-D-E-L-A-Y. Okay, so now no one has an excuse. They, that's right. They know. Yeah, they know. They know. I know that you know. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything else before we finish up for the, the evening. Just want to say thank you for oh, having thanks, us. Thanks for being here. It's been a great time. It's yeah. been a good time. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you so, so, so very much for listening, everyone. Special thanks to Marty and Katie for getting together with me. All the info you'll need to start following Tart Vandalay is in the show notes. Also in the show notes, you'll find some more information on Rochester Groovecast, of course. I just opened a Patreon account that I will be working on a bit in the near future. If you haven't heard of Patreon, it's a way to contribute to the show. You subscribe to donate a minimal amount to Groovecast on a monthly basis. And, you know, your donations really help keep this going there there's hosting fees plenty of other costs involved with providing this podcast free for everyone if you're willing to hop onto patreon and donate even just a dollar a month to the show so greatly appreciated any help is deeply deeply appreciated i i really mean it i hope this episode added value to your life have a great life groove on people thank you so much 